We all know chocolate contributes to tooth decay, so remember, give action figures because they only rot the imagination. It's the Happy Easter edition of the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 59, for the week of Wednesday, the 3rd of April, 2013. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... John. And Adam. And this episode is brought to you by Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is SH Figure Arts Perfect Cell, and our discussion topic is Terrible Toyhood Trauma. to this episode, gentlemen. How are we? I'm well. I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. Adam, news, what have you been up to? Uh, not much. Um, started looking for a new car, given that my current car is kind of, you know, it's getting sicker by the year. <laughs> so have you narrowed down the uh, candidates? Uh, I've got it down to two at the moment. There's one more that I want to test drive first and then just kind of pick between what I've test driven, so... Excellent. Doing plenty of research. Yeah. Very good. And will this vehicle uh, perform admirably during the zombie apocalypse? Uh, no. Oh, dear. That could <laughs> yeah. Be to bite you. It could, literally. but... Literally. <sighs> literally. <laughs> so then again, if a certain percentage of the population is, of course, transformed into the living dead, there will probably be vehicles available. So, yeah, yeah well played. Yeah, you'd hope. You know, actually, on The Walking Dead, they don't really seem to pick the cars, I would have thought. No, no, they don't, do they? No. Kind of odd. You'd think there'd be plenty around, and knowing, you know, you Americans and that particular part of America, I would have thought there'd be heaps of those huge, you know, 4x4s with the 36-inch tires, etc. Well, but you're stuck there, because, you know, in the zombie apocalypse, do you really want, you know, a 4x4 that's going to be a gas guzzler, or do you want something that's, you know fuel efficient mm. well, uh, gas is going to be a little harder to find yeah. I think what you want to do is you want to pick the vehicle that is paying for you to film the show <laughs> I think that's a that's a key ingredient in the zombie apocalypse that could be it yeah. yeah and given that petrol actually only has a lifespan of about three months you'd probably want like some kind of um, you know some sort of hippie vehicle that runs on vegetable oil or something so something I actually know a guy that diesel. does that <laughs> he's your man John stick close to him that's a good idea. <laughs> so, John, what have you been up to? Well, I learned a lesson this week. Okay. <laughs> I learned that if you um, don't, if the batteries go dead in my thermostat on the wall, it will get cold in the house. Because <laughs> <laughs> ah. we actually got some, we got some snow earlier this week, and Mrs. Nerd was complaining about it being cold, and I was kind of ignoring her. And then one night she said, "I'm really cold," so I was like, "Well." Okay, I'll go see what the thermostat is. My fear was that the furnace had just quit working, you know, tripped a circuit breaker or some costly repair thing. And I yeah. walked in the our living room, which we don't go in very often, and I looked at the thermostat on the wall, and it's got a little digital display, and it was all blank. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be blank. And I was like, oh. 
Ah, I would have thought he would run off the mains and use battery as a backup. Well, I think when our house was originally built, they didn't do that. You know, you had oh, the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had our furniture placed at one point, and we had the old dial style thermostat on the wall when we originally moved in. So, ah, gotcha. gotcha. You know, I, I think it was more of an upgrade type thing. Yeah, very good. Very good. So, hmm. Check those batteries, you? people. <laughs> What about yourself, Ben? What have you been up to? <clears throat> well, it has been a few weeks since I was on, and and I got internet. Woohoo! I got like real, <clears throat> proper, honest to goodness internet, and I'm pretty darn excited. So I think uh, well, I can't even remember what episode I was on last, and I mentioned by the time that that episode hit the air, I would actually be up and running on the new national broadband network, and I am, and it's freaking awesome. Um, and I, I don't know, karma, yeah, you know, I think I was going into my third year without getting any kind of a, a cold or flu or anything like that while everyone around me was sick and no sooner did I get my super fast internet that I actually caught a cold. So I was, took a couple of days off work to sort of rest up and yeah, it was a bit of a shame having that super fast broadband where I could download episodes of TV shows in about 90 seconds. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, did what I could. You know, it was tough. So, so yeah. TV shows, right? <laughs> it's um, it's pretty freaky when you download something and you're watching the download speed increase, and you're actually wondering, "Wow, this thing just keeps going up. I wonder how fast it can actually go." But you don't actually get to see how fast it. You don't get to see the peak because the show finishes downloading before it can peak. <laughs> uh, so that's that's pretty cool. So. Uh, it's been a bit of a big deal here in Australia, and I have to say, so far, I am uh, a much... I, I'm an advocate, definitely. If um, they rang me up to see how I, you know, how I was going and what I thought of the service, and I said I'm more than happy to uh, stand forth in any of your future promotional material. So, giving it, uh, yeah, two thumbs up. Uh, so, did did you put the uh, the hamster out the pasture? Or? No, no. Oh, Kirby, you know, he's running free. He comes back for some food now and then. But um, mm, That's good. Yeah, I kept the wheel just in case, you know, some kind of backup. <laughs> so that's all good. all good. But I was, um, yeah, I I noticed that my, um, my peak, I've got peak and off peak like most of us, and... I wasn't actually able to download anything in off-peak, which starts at 2am, because everything I set to download before I went to bed would actually finish before off-peak actually started. So <laughs> I actually had to work out how to use the scheduler in my download client so that I could actually start downloading in peak, because things got a bit crazy. I downloaded about 60 gig out of my 100 gig limits. So. <laughs> yes, anyway. So hopefully there'll be no more of those crazy dropouts where I can hear you guys but you can't hear me and then I have to send Scott offensive messages because he just makes fun of my internet. Adam, can you still hear Ben? Yes. No, never. Nice try. Oh, and I can't message you guys either. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> All right, before we get down to insults, maybe we should get things started with some articulated news. Mutant Warriors, Rattaro, Soulsman, Croon the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchiman, Snowman, Tusker Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Thunder, 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 thunder. 
figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJM. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. So, John, you've got our first piece of news. Yep, and I'm really happy to announce we're starting to see uh, Despicable Me Too stuff. Um, it's even hitting the shelves here, but the folks over at Funko, they seem to make our news every week now, um, <laughs> have uh, showed images of their Despicable Me Too uh, merchandise. They have uh, Agnes and Gru, and then two of the minions, and a mystery villain figure, I'm assuming. Or maybe it might be another Gru. I don't know. Here, it's actually see. a mystery villain. Yeah, I think yeah. that is a mystery villain. But, um, you know, I, I Mrs. Nerd's a big uh, minion fan, so I sent this over, like, over <laughs> to her. And she said, she said she thought the minions looked um, a little odd shaped because they're not the typical, you know, pop vinyl. Yeah. They, they got a little. I, I think it's because they're flattened out. And that's why they don't look like they're quite the right shape. But. Yeah, time will tell. But they, they're still they still look awesome, and you know I would have, um, I probably would pick those up if I saw them yeah. in the store. But it, at the same time, uh, Chris Tansky from the Title Pending Movie Podcast he posted on Facebook that he had found um, the regular action figures and a whole slew of stuff. It looked like maybe at a Toys R Us, and one of the things that was out there I didn't know about was uh, looks like there's blind bag minion figures. Ah, cool. you know, little little micro figures. So, nice. um, yeah, I I can see those making their way into this house without a doubt. So, <laughs> I wonder the, how uh, many there are in in the set. You know, I I couldn't read who the company was. I was going to look, and I I just lost track of it during the week. And after I saw the picture, but I was I was very excited to see mm. the picture. And uh, so, hopefully, maybe this week I'll make it to Toys R Us and uh, and check that out and yeah, report back right. to you guys. So. Yeah, this is actually one of those films that I'm I'm trying not to read anything about. I just I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to know anything about the plot, anything like that. I'm going to avoid the trailer. I just want to really go in, sit down, and enjoy this because um, I, I'd I'd seen the trailer for this film and thought, oh yeah, it looks like a fun film. But I, you know, I really got more out of this film than I thought I would the first one. And oh yeah, uh, we you know we bought the Blu-ray and I sat down and and Mrs. Shake watched it and she just absolutely loved it. She just thought everything about it was was really cleverly done. The, the interaction between sort of Gru and the kids and and there was just the right amount of sort of minions to to really make you like those without them being sort of annoying. So I don't care if they were annoying; they're still awesome. <laughs> no, no, I think they they just that just the right balance of everything. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I don't know. They're just they're they're like kids, but they're not, and yeah. they're they're just fun. So they are. I, I'm excited to see it, and uh, but I'm glad to see that we're getting merchandise for this one. So yes. that's definitely a very big plus, and I can't wait to see more. And like I said, I'm gonna try and go out and maybe find some of that stuff this weekend. Cool. cool. So All right. what else you got? And well, next up uh, we have Super Seven's WonderCon exclusives, and. Our Super 7 Presents WonderCon and their exclusives. Uh, we have some vinyl figures coming up, and it looks like Mummy Boy and Midnight Snack and <laughs> Milton. Yeah, Milton and Pocket Rose Vampire. Um, the uh, the Milton is an upside-down ice cream cone. Mummy Boy is – looks like he might be – 
translucent, maybe? Yeah, it looks like you sort of like some cola or something like that. Gummy cola. Yeah. I, I, you know, they're, they're the, the, the typical uh, vinyl, you know, kaiju type monsters. And, uh, they're just cute. I, I like the mummy boy. I, I would, I would have him on my shelf. You know, no problem at all. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, these, these suckers are three inches tall and they're $25. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have many of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Seventy-five bucks for the three of them. Uh, it's pretty. I said I'd have the. I said I'd have the mummy boy. <laughs> that's pretty generous for a three-inch figure. I mean, yeah, they're soft, squishy, and translucent, but we're not exactly talking large scale and full of articulation. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Anyway, but moving on, I, I think the more exciting news is at WonderCon, uh, they're going to have a vintage style. Um, catalog for alien yeah so this is pretty cool it looks like one of the old star wars kenner catalogs um you know but it's got their their uh, take on the alien line um which is pretty neat you know it looks like a star wars catalog but the, the figures are obviously you know retro and it's got a very They've matched the packaging on the original Alien figure, so it's pretty cool. Now, these are the guys that actually got hold of the original moulds, didn't they, for the uh, right the three and three-quarter figures? Yeah, and they're going to be showing their prototype for the, the, the big chap, um, uh, okay. which is just the regular Alien. So yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to see him, uh, hopefully get to see pictures of him. Yeah, and hopefully some of the other Nostromo crew too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. I actually kind of like the paint on that alien figure they're showing on the cover of that catalog. It just looks kind of nifty. And last up, uh, we've got a figure from Diamond Select that I didn't expect because it's Alice, uh, or, you know, uh, American McGee's Alice Mandos Returns. Um, It's an Alice in her royal suit which I have no idea. I haven't played that game, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think they were the ones that had done the previous Alice figures, are they? Um, I yeah, think well, they did. Are. I think this is just a, an opportunity to, to milk the sculpt for all it's worth and you know, bring out all those crazy variants that <clears throat> will be hanging around for years. Yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. It's, it's got some definite uh, paintwork to it and weapons and... Yeah, it's an interesting. I mean, we reported on on these the, the original Alice figures some time ago. So um, yeah, I'm kind of curious. I'd like to hear about the sort of people who who go after all these sort of variants because I mean, this is the sort of thing that you know, if I was really into the line, I'd go and pick one up, and then this figure would come out nine months later, and I'd go, eh, because I picked up the first one. Yeah, they they show the other ones on the back of the package, so. Mm. Um, you know, I, I guess if you're a gamer and a game fan, it would be probably different because, you know, that's a lot of times if, you know, you, you play a game a lot, you, you have a variant uh, version of the character you really like. And if, if that was the one you liked, then, you know, that'd be cool. I'm sensing a uh, future discussion topic down the line. <laughs> Video game variants? Oh, just variants in general. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Excellent. All right, Adam. You've got some stuff. I do. The first one's... Uh, uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, 
So it's SH Figure Arts releasing Daft Punk figures. Um, it's <laughs> they they. It looks like the Daft Punk boys. Um, there's no doubt there. Yep. Um, apparently, it's time to to um, coincide with their new album announcement. Um, and apparently, it's also been supervised by Daft Punk themselves. Um, so it looks like, from looking at them, they've, they're going to have the usual crazy levels of figure arts um, articulation. Um, they're going to be the standard kind of figure arts 15-centimeter tall figure. Um, what's not really clear is... Um, what they're going to have as far as um, swap out heads and swap out hands, but you know, I'm sure they'll they'll do something for us there. Though I don't think that if they don't do a full swap out head, they'll have swap out faces or anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's probably something to do with their. Well, they must have been around about 20 years, either like 20th anniversary or something like that. Yeah, something like. Yeah. It would be actually, yeah. Oh, it's kind of an interesting one. I mean, maybe, you know, Daft Punk are just a lot bigger than I give them credit for because, you know, just, I mean, obviously in the past we've, we've seen uh, a lot of, music, you know, musician-type figures from McFarlane and things like that, and, you know, there's been obviously, you know, Kiss, well, you know, ongoing mm. Kiss figures, but everything from Ozzy Osbourne to, you know, Metallica, et cetera, and, and the Beatles, but Daft Punk is not one that sort of leaps to the top of the must-see-in-action-figure form yeah, didn't didn't somebody do a, some Daft Punk figures for Tron when the last Tron movie came out? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of an odd one because you know these guys—they've been around a long time, but they've only got three or four albums. So, hmm. In fact, I think I've only got one of their albums. Anyway, which is one more than I have. <laughs> yes. Yes, very good. All right, what else? Uh, we've also seen the first shots of the um, Lego DC Universe Superhero Superman uh, sets. So this one is um, Superman Battle of Smallville. So it's um, got, you know, some kind of Jeep thing and some kind of giant, I assume, Kryptonian ship. And you get Superman and you get Zod and... Uh, a couple other Kryptonians and um, someone who looks like he's called uh, Colonel Hardy. Mm. So it looks like you get a bunch of stuff and the three Kryptonians. Yeah, three Kryptonians. So now, is it just me or you know a lot of these movies that are coming out, Iron Man three and Superman etc. Uh, a lot of the story has been you know, shrouded in in secrecy, but. We tend to get these, um, you know, plot snippets from these Lego sets. It's almost like everything I learned about uh, superhero movies I learned from Lego. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a fair point. <laughs> it just seems to be, you know, we we seem to... This is about the third or fourth time we've seen a, um, a not a sneak, but a, I guess a, a press release of a Lego set, which actually people are, are busy trying to interpret how it fits in with the actual movie because there's so little known about it. it yeah, it seems to me that you'd be better off um, releasing a trailer that covers everything that's going to be in the initial waves of merchandise and then <laughs> no one gets a surprise out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know that there was three Kryptonians, but according to this Lego set, there are. So, um, you know, I didn't know that particular plot point. Yeah. At what point will they realize that and then just start putting stuff out on Lego sets that's not in the movie? 
Well, I mean, that's it. And, you know, I, I'm trying to picture whether that, that giant ship on this particular Lego set is actually from the movie or they've just gone, well, you know, releasing a, a Lego set of Superman and, and three Kryptonian Lego figures would be pretty dull, so we're going to have to invent something to bulk out the box. Well, I will say it looks better than the Mattel stuff we've seen so far. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, speaking of Superman, did anyone see that promo image that was getting around where someone doctored the, the Henry Cavill Superman to look like modern, uh, look like the, the classic Superman with the actual tights and the lighter blue costume? No, I didn't see that one. It actually, they went, well, what if he was in sort of the traditional Christopher Reeve-style colour and red briefs and everything? And he actually looks like a really good Superman if they had have kept the, the costume classic. Mm. Anyway, I digress. Hmm. Um... Well, the last thing that I've got is, um, but going back to our friends at Figure Arts, is Figure Arts Zero uh, Super Saiyan Goku. So Figure Arts Zero is a zero articula- points of articulation figure, so in other words, a statue. Um, <laughs> and this one is going to be likely retail about 34 bucks US. Um, it's Goku with his uh, gi all torn up and gone Super Saiyan. Um as for specifically when that'd be, look, I couldn't tell you, but you know, initial guess would say it's probably during the um, Freezer saga, so Goku versus Freezer. But I feel like I didn't understand a word you just said. <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. It's not just <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Now, <laughs> sorry, you go, John. When with the with the zero figures, do they actually come in scale with the other ones, or are they a different scale? I'm not really sure because I haven't looked at them that much um, as far as what you what they actually do for me. Um, so it wouldn't bother me too much if they were in scale with the others because I'm really not going to be trying to pose them in the same area. There's no point. But, I mean, the, the difference is that, you know, it's just a lot more detail on the paint apps and all of that gear. So... You, it wouldn't surprise me if they're a bigger figure as well. Yeah. So is this something that you're likely to pick up? Uh, no. Right. I've, I've got enough Dragon Ball Z stuff and I don't need statues, really. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, cool. Well, moving on, there was a uh, pretty fun kind of announcement uh, in the last week from a company called Toy Vault who have actually released something called My First Godzilla Plush. Now, it's exactly as it sounds. It's a, it's a plush version of Godzilla. Um, and I think it's pretty nifty. It's something that's actually not been done before, at least not to my knowledge. Um, it's a bit kind of creepy that the promo shot shows a fully grown man asleep in bed with his <laughs> Godzilla, as opposed to, you know, taking this opportunity to introduce maybe your son to Godzilla. It does say that, you know, it's for um, children, you know, through ages three and up. So... And he looks like he's probably about sort of 10 inches tall and he's clutching part of a, a wrecked train between his front um, front sort of paws or whatever you want to call them. So no mention of price, but knowing that it's a, you know, a licensed plush, it's probably hideously overpriced, but certainly a lot of fun if you can find one on the cheap. Hmm. Uh, and uh, as a Godzilla fan, I you know, don't know that I'd actually go so far as to pick that one up, but um, yeah, look, you know, good on them for trying. 
Eh, you will. You know it. <laughs> mm, perhaps. Something, but... something to keep you warm at night. Well, I actually keep putting off getting the, the plush uh, Futurama Nibbler figure, figure, plush figure that they've done. Um, I mean, they've done a few plush now for Futurama, but um, they're all around the same size. However, Nibbler is actually probably to scale, so... Uh, I keep looking at him and it cracks me up because he's one of my favourite characters in Futurama. But, uh, you know, he's one of those ones that, for some reason, every time I see him at a comic con or something like that, he's some stupid price, like $45. And I'm like, oh, I'm not paying that. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. One of these days I'll come across it cheap. But um, moving on, uh, DC Collectibles um, revealed a uh, something a little bit different, and that's actually uh, bookends from the... The comic Fables. Um, if you've never read Fables, it's actually uh, a pretty impressive Vertigo series written by Bill Willingham, and uh, without sort of going into too much detail, um, features all your sort of favourite fairy tale characters, um, yeah, linked together, etc., etc., etc. Now, this these bookends are designed; um, they're based on art by Mark Buckingham, um, and uh, yeah, they they actually look pretty cool. They feature sort of most of the the characters. Um, probably the only thing that looks a little odd to me is that there's, you know, if you're going to get bookends like this, which have got sort of four or five characters on, on each end of the bookend, um, if you actually put them the way they're supposed to be used against the books, you actually won't see most of the characters. Uh, they'll sort of, you know, all be hidden off to the side. So I find it a bit odd that they didn't do the bookends on a bit of an angle. So you, you at least get to see a bit more when they are sitting on your bookshelf. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. Maybe it's more for people that don't so much have a bookshelf. It's just a shelf on a wall. So it's yeah. like... Or your desk. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. It doesn't say how much they are, but, I mean, bookends like this generally don't... Um, you know, they're, they're not cheap by any means, so... But, uh, and we, yeah. we are we are a pro-bookend podcast. Well, that's Indeed. exactly right. Yeah, I wouldn't want to uh, you know dismiss the novelty of bookends, and it's not like there's a lot of Fables merchandise out there, so... Uh, if you are a fan of Fables, then you might be pretty happy to see that one. Um, <clears throat> last up uh, in the news is something that I was pretty excited about. Um, I'm a long-time reader of The uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and uh, I'm a big, big fan of Spidey's... I'm going to say Spidey's wife, Mary Jane, because uh, in, in my mind they're still married. And um, yeah, Every now and then Mary Jane gets the, the merchandise treatment. We've still never seen a, a decent action figure of Mary Jane, but we've seen a, a couple of nice statues over the years, including the Adam Hughes sideshow uh, comicette. But uh, on Facebook, the uh, the guys at Marvelicious Toys actually posted a link to uh, a prototype of a new sideshow Mary Jane comicette that's actually based on some, well, I mean, for Spidey fans, some pretty famous art by uh, J. Scott Campbell. And it's, it's Mary Jane sort of squatting down and, and holding the, uh, the Spider-Man costume sort of over her shoulders and looking quite demure out at the reader. And uh, it looks like they've actually captured it pretty faithfully. Hmm. So, yeah. What do you think, Adam? I'd be buying it depending on the price. Yeah, I think this one's definitely, I mean, depending on... It doesn't say anything about scale. I assume we're just getting the, the sneak peek for now, so no mention of scale or price or anything like that. Um, I don't think this actually fits in with, with any other series they're currently doing, so... Yep. But anyway, I'm, I'm 
always happy to see uh, Mary Jane merchandise, so we'll keep an eye on this one. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. nice piece. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I'm a big pro Mary Jane fan and uh, just waiting for her comeback. <laughs> all right, well, I think that wraps up Articulated News and we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFP podcast game, Name That. Now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd from TVandFilmToys.com, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. So, over to you, John. Well, last week I changed it up a little bit, and I didn't maybe go completely (laughs) (laughs) toy-related. But, um, did you guys have any... Well, let's play the sound first. Okay. Was this, the, was this the Mego Fonz one? No, this was not the Mego Fonz one. Dope. I know. I I know that one was so cool. We just want to do it again. I just haven't heard the latest one. That's all. Same. <laughs> well, I, I almost even hate to tell you guys what it is then, because uh, last week's sound was you guessed it, underoos. <laughs> What? <laughs> I was only yep. a matter of time before the show descended into underwear. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I was trying to come up with something, and I came across that commercial, and I was like, oh, that's just too perfect to pass up. <laughs> uh, excellent. Because I, I, you know, when they mention E.T. and G.I. Joe in the same commercial, you just got to go, well, this is just going to confuse people, so... <laughs> I, I had to go with something a little little different last week, but I'm sure that uh, by the time this airs, somebody will have got that figured out, but maybe not. But we digress, so we will move on to this week's sound, which is going to sound a little something like this. Pursuit! One, rollerblades for serious non-action! Two, street luge action for flat-out speed! Three, real fire and grappling hook for awesome abseil action! And, Mr. Editor, if you could put it in one more time right here. Pursuit! One, rollerblades for serious non-action. Two, street luge action for flat-out speed. Three, real fire and grappling hook for awesome abseil action. And, as always, you know, if uh, you listen to this and you think you got a guess, come on over to the forum or the Facebook page and, and leave a guess, because, you know, like I always say, guessing's fun. And uh, your guess may just help somebody else get it. And that about wraps it up for this week. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, John. And so get on over to the AFB page and uh, check that out. All right. Well, coming up next is the Toy of the Week. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite. But with Krypton cannon blasting, Laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Superman. 
Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection. And this week, Adam has Toy of the Week, so over to you. Thank you, Ben. Well, considering that I seem to be just about covering the whole line of these, I figured I might as well go on to the um, (laughs) SH Figure Arts Perfect Cell. So, once again, it's a Dragon Ball Z character. Surprise, surprise. Um, (laughs) This one is for those that aren't familiar really with the show. Um, So after fighting on planet Namek, everyone comes back and then Trunks comes forward from, uh, comes back in time from the future to tell people about, this is all spoilers, by the way, um, that the androids are coming, the androids come, people fight androids and then Cell shows up. Um, And he starts off as, you know, this kind of reptilian lizardy bug looking thing. And, after absorbing lots of people and some of the andro- or the androids, he turns perfect. Um, at which point he kind of looks like, um, well, a tall, greenish, scaly guy with <laughs> white hands and a white face. Um, and to that end, that's pretty much what the figure is. So he's, again, from Bandai slash Tamashi Nations, uh, distributed by Bluefin. Um this one was released uh, November 2012, I think. Uh, I got mine around February, March this year. Um, he stands, I reckon, maybe about seven to eight inches tall, somewhere in that realm. Uh, is that because of the, the headgear? Or? Yeah, yeah. So he's probably, without the headgear, I'd say he's probably meant to be about the same height as Piccolo. Um, so he kind of lines up there with the headgear. He pretty much towers above everyone else. Um, the headgear, by the way, is actually part of his body in the show and manga. Um, so for fans of the television show, yes, he does not look exactly the same color scheme as you're used to. He looks the same colors as the colors used in the colored pages of the manga series. So the green is a kind of darker off-green kind of colour. Um, the the purple is a much duller purple. Um, so, I mean, that, that might be a downside for some people. Um, as with all of these things, he's ridiculously articulated. Um, I'm not even going to bother trying to count because it's just beyond a joke, really. I mean, he's got... <laughs> He's got double like uh, double elbow joints. Um, he's got you know the normal figure arts um, wrist joint. He's got the standard um, figure arts shoulders. So the shoulder moves forwards, backwards, up, down. So basically crazy shoulder. Plus he's got because his shoulders have the the little kind of black bit over the the um, base shoulder part that moves. Um, much the same as um, the Gi moves for Piccolo and whoever else. His neck moves slightly. His head rotates on the neck. Um, He's got upper torso rotation, lower torso rotation. He's got the pop-up waist. So these things all come with a waist. You can kind of pop it up, turn it, and put it back down um, to get it past things that you might not normally get. He's got the standard, you know, double, triple, whatever it is, jointed hips. Um... Double-jointed knees, toe articulation, and standard, you know, um, ankle rocker kind of dearly that he's got there. 
Um, as far as the back of him, which is interesting for people that are into Dragon Ball Z, his wings are articulated. Um, they're kind of double-jointed things. Um, but his little stump tail is not, um, which I think's a bit of an odd choice. Um, it doesn't really move in the show, but I think they could have done a couple of things to make that a bit better. Um, this is also one of the the first Dragon Ball Z ones to start coming with um, much in the way of accessories. I mean, Trunks had his sword. Super Saiyan 3 Goku had the kind of key crackle thing around him. But Cell actually comes with um, a Kamehameha um, or Kamehameha, if I'm going to say it properly, um, key attack wave thing. So he's got that, and it comes with its own little stand, which has got like a bit of terrain, so it's basically a channel getting blasted in the earth. And that's that's kind of cool. Um, as far as uh, swap outs, he's got, um, I think, a total of four sets of hands and um, three faces in total. Um, so, again, yeah, that's okay. Could we have had more? Yes, yes, we could. Um the packaging for this guy, so I think it was um, three layers of packaging, of tray, uh, yeah, layered tray packaging. So it's very collector friendly. It's easy to take it out of the box, put it back in the box, um, and no one's too much the wiser. Um, yeah, so questions, gentlemen. How's his face attached? So if, yeah, so if you take the head off, you then just pretty much pull the face down. And um, uh, it's got two little um, pegs, and essentially there's a groove cut into the into the face, and um, that just plugs nicely into the top of his head. Interesting. Hmm. Given, I mean, you've got quite a few of these figures now, Adam, and given yep. that they they are ridiculously poseable, um, and, and so you do find yourself actually playing with them. How do you find that the joints stand up over time? Um, they seem to stand up pretty much fine. Like, um, the biggest issues that you have are the things that you can take off. So, I mean, the wrists don't bend back as far as I would like in a lot of cases, um, which is a little bit of a downside. Um, and the other thing that I find is that the heads come off a bit too easy sometimes. And depending on the figure, it can be a pain in the ass to get back on. This one's not too bad, but for example, um, Piccolo is a pain in the ass to get the head back on once you put his cape on because it, it doesn't leave enough room to get a good angle to, you know, slot the ball into the socket on the head. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we've heard a lot of criticism against, uh, for example, DC Universe Classics in the past because a lot of figures come out of the packet with stuck joints and you, you just can't move them at all and other figures come out of the, the packet so loose that, you know, they can't actually even stand, stand. up properly. Um, so, you know, given that these figures have so many sort of, um, you know, points of articulation, I think that's interesting that um, they, they do manage to stand up. But I guess, you know, really that's probably why you do pay that, that little bit extra. They are at that, ex- that higher price point because of the engineering that goes into them. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had a problem with any of them coming out of the packaging, which, you know, for your standard six-inch figure, the number that I've got, you'd be guaranteed to have one that doesn't stand up well or... Dicky joints and whatever else, or is poorly balanced. Um, 
the worst balanced one is probably Super Saiyan 3 Goku, but that's just because he's, you know, the the hair that he comes with is ridiculously big, right? I mean, mm. standing that thing up without a stand is probably impossible or close to. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the pictures that I've sent you guys of pose, or one of the poses I've got this guy, I mean, I've, you know, balanced him in an awkward position on one foot and he can hold that pose without a support, so... Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I was like, "Where does he have a rod behind There's, him?" No, <laughs> that's just it's just standing on one foot. Yeah, whereas I can't that's get half of my DC universe just, or Marvel Legends to stand up. The the ones that have capes. Yeah, I mean, you know, the number of figures from uh, Marvel Universe, which is a small three and three quarter figure that can't stand on two feet, is outrageous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very good. All right. Uh, actually, I have to just comment on that that base. I think uh, the the base that supports his energy blast is just brilliant. I just I love that that effect on the ground. It looks as if the energy's burning along along the ground as well. I think that's great. Yeah, it's it's good. I think the energy blast. Uh, I'm kind of I'm glad that we started getting him, but it's kind of lackluster. Like it's it's just really is you know a bit of. Vaguely blue, clear plastic molded to look, you know, a bit like a butt plug. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and you've given us a dolly rating? Uh, yep. So I would give this an astounding 9 out of 10. Wow. Um, so what am I taking points off for here? Um, look, given that this guy is traded from the cells of the greatest fighters of all time and therefore has the attacks of the greatest fighters of all time. He doesn't have hands to do the attacks of the greatest fighters of all time. So, mm. you know, I mean, when you've got Piccolo has the um, the um, penetrating beam cannon fingers and Cell doesn't, that's a concern. He doesn't have a pointed finger from Freezer having the pointed finger thing that he does as his finger laser thing. Um it would have been cool to have, um, like, a swap-out tail um, for basically for spitting things out or sucking things up. That would have been kind of cool. Um, and the other thing that, you know, look, would absolutely have guaranteed that you got a 10 for this figure was if you got a pack-in Cell Jr. Um, but alternatively, if we're going to get, like, a multi-pack of Cell Juniors later, I'm not going to complain too much, but there you go. <laughs> I feel like my collection is not complete because I don't have a single action figure that has a, a penetrating beam laser finger. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a problem for you, I can tell. <laughs> or some side of, some sort of sucking tail. I, I don't... I... Yeah. Well, that wraps up the Toy of the Week, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's all about the claws. Now the unstoppable power of Wolverine can be in your hands. With Clawsome Wolverine action figures, the bad guys are tough, but the claw-popping superhero Wolverine is the toughest there is. X-Men Origins Wolverine action figures and vehicles. Well, we're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. All right, guys, we picked up anything exciting this week? I don't know. John, what about yourself? No, I uh, got nothing this week. <laughs> but we're all here because we collect. You, you, you heard the, the, you know, the lead-in. I know, I know. Jeez. You better find those Despicable Me figures. I, 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 will, report. I will go try and do that this week. 
<laughs> All right, Adam, what about yourself? I've ordered something that's a mystery for future episodes. I don't want to ruin the surprise. It's it's a mystery to us or a mystery to you or both? Well, to you guys. Ah, okay. Oh, well, that's clear then. All right. I bet I know what it is. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have we have we talked about it on the show? Uh, probably. Well. If you can guess it, you know, <laughs> I'll give you a point on the uh, on the forum. Did, did you order the bathroom set finally? Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Adam will be the first amongst us to own an action figure crapper. Yes, or more than one. But no. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. How many did you order? Well, I, I got two of the toilet and uh, two of the urinal sets. <laughs> I don't want people to, you know, be worried that, that the toilet's in use and they can't use it. Fair enough. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Well, good thinking, good thinking. Well, All we'll right. expect a full Toy of the Week report when you get those. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think so. I think so. All right, well, let's get this out of the gutter. And um, I had a pretty good week this week. I got my uh, Maddie Infernal Crisis Phantom Stranger figure finally. Uh, I actually thought it was um, going via the moon, or either that, or the sea turtle was, you know, floating upside down, caught in a fishing net or something. But it did actually arrive. Um, but um, something a bit more exciting, I got my sideshow premium format Storm statue, and uh, I know Scott got his uh, a week or so ago, and uh, she's um, very pretty indeed. Uh, a very nice statue, very uh, very impressed with everything all around. In fact, um, both Scott and I were so impressed with this piece that uh, I think it's going to be a future toy of the week. So keep an, uh, an ear out for that one. Did you get the exclusive or just the regular? I got the exclusive. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, she's very nice. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Well, red carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. And handing out the penalty this week is me, so over to me. Um, yeah, this was actually sent in by Andy Bentley via our uh, the AFB Facebook page, and he's actually suggested a little article that was posted on the Bleeding Cool website, and uh, the title of said article was He-Man and the po- Postmasters of the Universe, which was uh, quite a, a witty little uh, intro there. Um, I did actually read this article when it came out and, and sort of sat there sort of shaking my head uh, and basically the article is, um, I guess it's a bit of a, an ongoing fan inquiry into the whole Digital River postage uh, system in, in that people seem to have um, any in number of uh, complaints or, or even questions and queries about what's going on with uh, Digital River and, and how they ship their items. But um, this isn't actually a red card specifically for Digital River, but I guess um, it's probably more aimed at, you know, the Maddie slash Digital River staff who are handling the inquiries. Um, the, the article basically starts off by just uh, pointing out some of the inconsistencies with the postage and that, um, you know, a, a quarter-scale uh, polystone statue from Sideshow Collectibles can be sent to Canada for $25, 
yet three seven-inch figures sent to the same address in Canada uh, costs $5 more, you know, over $30 to send. And so people are querying why it's costing so much to send. But, um, look, you know, I don't think a lot of people realise that, that the the Maddie or, or Digital River items are actually shipping directly from China. Um, I noticed that when my uh, Infernal Crisis DC Universe Classics figures turn up, uh, they do actually have a customs declaration that has come from China. Um, so, they, yes, they are actually shipping directly uh, from China. So you are actually at the mercy of, you know, I guess, the, the Chinese postage system. Um, but people are not just complaining about the price. They're also complaining about the amount of time that it's taking to actually get their items, that they are actually being put into a position where they are paying so much for shipping but it's actually taking a very long time to get their items. It seems mainland USA aren't too bad. They're, they're getting their stuff in a reasonable turnaround, but basically anybody that is international, uh, it seems to be taking a long, long time. And um, not only is it taking four to six weeks for, for people to get their items, but a couple of people have actually noticed that some of the postmarks indicate that their item is actually going via Sweden. Yes, Sweden, as in Sweden over on the other side of the world, Sweden. Um, and where the fail really kicks in is when people have actually queried it, the Digital River staff have come back and said, oh, no, 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 that's not, you know, that's not Sweden. That's just a, a Swedish post office in America that it goes through or, or something like that. And uh, a really sort of lame attempt at an excuse. But um, someone has actually managed to track their their item and shown that yes it does actually go through Sweden as in the country Sweden and so you know that's just an outright lie by whoever answered that uh, on behalf of you know Maddie or, or Digital River so not sure really what's going on there but um, yeah, it's pretty dodgy and I, I don't know I mean I certainly get my my DC Universe Classics or whatever they're called my Infernal Crisis figures and they oh, take that's a better. long they take a long, long week, uh, sorry, a long, long time to turn up. You're, you're sometimes talking, you know, nearly eight weeks for figures to turn up. Uh, it's pretty ordinary. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're talking about people who, um, you know, there's a couple of quotes here from people who uh, one guy was living in the Philippines and uh, he was having his items shipped to him. Uh, and he moved back to Canada, and not only did the shipping increase, but so did the the time for delivery. Um, it, it's fairly ordinary, fairly ordinary action from Digital River. So I don't know. I mean, um, I, I do know for a fact that there is actually um, an enormous mail center in Germany, uh, and that mail center handles something like ninety five percent of the the European. Um, mail, um, basically, rather than companies or, or even postal companies having to sort out the international distribution, uh, a company in Germany has basically said, you just send all your stuff to us and, and we'll handle the distribution. And so I've often received things from the UK that have actually gone via Germany. Uh, and these guys, they get things moving fast. I've, I've had items that I've ordered from the UK and within 24 hours they're in Germany. So mm. it's, it's pretty impressive. But, um, yes, as to the Digital River stuff leaving, um, well, I, I don't know. It, it kind of indicates that, <clears throat> just sort of looking at some of the postmarks here, it, it indicates that it's actually leaving Sweden uh, as its sort of source 
um, you know, it's, as its departure place, but it would kind of indicate that it must go from China to Sweden uh, through to uh, through to Canada for this particular person. But really, um, you know, people are asking lots and lots of questions and Digital River just simply aren't being clear about answering them. They seem to be dodging the questions altogether or, or basically, as you can tell from this article, fabricating lies. Hmm. Well, I, I think the the picture at the beginning of the whole thing is just very, very telling. I mean, because they actually show a picture of the two boxes next to one another. Yeah. You know, in that that sideshow box is, you know, four times the size of the Maddie box, yet it's, you know, $5 cheaper. Yeah. Um, and I, I get a few things through Sideshow, and, and Sideshow exclusively use FedEx, uh, and... I mean, I got my sideshow Storm, and she she was about fifty dollars to ship, which is these days is is actually very reasonable compared to United States Postal Service. You'd be paying uh, more than that for for USPS shipping. Um, and the thing is, with FedEx, it takes about five days. Mm. So you know, for something to to cost twenty five dollars to go to Canada and and literally take less than a week, as opposed to something that costs five dollars more. And for some reason, comes out of China and, and uh, sorry, out of Sweden and takes six weeks. Yeah, look, it's all pretty dodgy. And uh, I guess the other thing with this whole saga is I, I don't think we'll ever get a. We might get a, a, a some clarity in the end, but I don't think we'll ever get a solution. Yeah. Uh, from Digital River? No. Yeah, I think this is it. I think, you know, they keep claiming that this is what it costs them to ship, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I've had stuff shipped out of Japan, and I've shipped stuff from Hong Kong, uh, and it wasn't as expensive as they imply that it is. So I, I just don't know what's going on there. Well, wasn't there a guy in the string that said it was as much to ship to the UK as it was to Canada, and that shouldn't be? Yeah, well, I guess it always it depends where it's coming from. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a lot, That's of these, true. a lot of these customers seem to think that it's shipping from America, but I don't think there's any indication that this stuff touches, you know, American soil at all. But it was also the same as shipping to Asia, so unless it's coming from South Africa, mm. I would think that would have an impact. Yeah. But, I mean, recently uh, Digital River or, or Maddie shipped out the, um, the uh, what was it, the, there was a poster that they shipped out uh, as a thank you. Some map fans. thing or whatever. Yeah, that's right, the map, and they actually ended up charging their, um, charging these subscribers postage on the map, which um, after there was a bit of an uproar, they refunded money to people. So, But anyway, the saga continues one day. It'll probably uh, all come around. We'll actually get some clarity and some answers. But uh, I guess until then, well, Digital River or more to the point, the staff that represent you, you get our red card of the week. Spike Orr and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike No one can stop the spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Orr. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine. Not even you, He-Man. Spike Orr is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Well, many of our toy discussions feature anecdotes from our respective childhoods as we recall fond memories of our time with our small plastic friends, and 
However, sometimes the treatment of our toys and the decisions that we made as children are not something to be proud of. So tonight we're talking about terrible toyhood trauma. Now, I, I don't know about you guys, but um, I, I pretty much looked after my toys when I was a kid. I, I was fairly good, but uh, in, you know, thinking back and, you know, cue that, that, that swirly image that they use in TV shows and that wobbly music that they put with it as we go back to our childhoods, there was a few things that, in hindsight, probably weren't the cleverest of decisions or choices, and... I don't know, to kick things off, uh, I'm actually going to talk about, uh, I guess, uh, a bit of a, a toyhood regret. And I was a, a big Star Wars collector as a kid. I was um, I was quite young when the original Star Wars film came out, and so I got quite into the, the Star Wars collecting uh, at that time. And while I had a lot of the three and three-quarter figures, um, I only ever ended up with a couple of the 12-inch scale uh, action figures. And... They were actually quite the, um, I guess, the, the collector's items even then. Like, I didn't know a lot of people who had the 12-inch figures, uh, whether it was so much a, a price tag or what it was. But I can fondly remember my mother and I in a, a very large department store and uh, we were shopping and I basically had the option of getting the, the 12-inch Boba Fett Um and I ended up instead choosing a, I, I don't know what company it was, um, but, you know, let's just say it was Tamea or one of those companies, but a, a model kit of uh, an F-15 Eagle, <laughs> um, Strike Eagle. And uh, at the time I was just, as a kid, I was fascinated with, with fighter jets and planes in general. And I was one of those kids that had quite a few model kits and, you know, they would my father would hang them from the ceiling with um with fishing line etc and so I, I chose the uh, the eagle instead of Boba Fett and well let's just say that today I, I still have all my Star Wars figures and I still have my 12 inch Chewbacca and my 12 inch IG88 um, and I probably today would still have my 12 inch Boba Fett if I had have gone down that path and as for that uh, that F15 Eagle model kit, I have no idea what happened to that. <laughs> so really, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best decision. Uh, what about you, John? Anything come to mind? Well, I actually have a 12-inch Boba Fett, but I still <laughs> have mine. mine. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I, I took pretty good care of my stuff. And, you know, like, uh, I can tell you that when I saw Toy Story for the first time, like, Sid just, I, I, I was terrified of him, even, you know, as an adult. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I was, I'm going to say I was older than I should have been when I did this because I, I knew better, but, uh, <laughs> I had model trains when I was a kid and, uh, I had some Lionel stuff, some, some really older stuff. And one of the things I had was a searchlight tower. And I, I don't know what made me think this, but I thought, wonder what would happen if I took these two bare wires and stuck them in an electrical socket. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and, oh, dear. uh, you know, it, it, it blew both the light bulbs like almost immediately in it, and uh, it, it never worked after that for some reason. I, I, <laughs> I uh, don't really know why, but, you know, like I said, I, I was old enough I should have known better, but I, I just wanted to see what would happen, and I, I kind of always regretted doing that um, <laughs> much later. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, nice, nice one, nice one. Uh, what about you, Adam? Is there... Uh... Any anything that comes to mind for you? 
uh, I did a number of horrible things to, to my toys and made a number of horrible decisions. Um, I think one of the things in hindsight that probably I, I should have done differently was I should should have pushed harder to try and get um, a complete set of all the Lion Voltron gear. Like uh, I think I, I got all the good guys. I missed the castle and I missed um, the villains. So maybe I could have made a harder push there. Yeah, I guess that's actually something. Yeah, in hindsight, which is of course always twenty twenty. Um, there was any number of series that we were probably collecting as kids that that, that did actually have a, a nominated number of figures as a complete set. And I mean, you know, today as adults, within reason, we can just go out and, and get them all. I mean, mm. you know, I, I recently bought all the the, the four inch Ninja Turtle figures, and, and I happily bought them all in in one go and, and got the full team, etc. But I guess as a kid, you know, you're almost entirely reliant on parents or, or pocket money and just the opportunities just aren't there. And, I mean, even today, my three and three-quarter Star Wars figures that I've still got, um, you know, it's not complete by any means. There are a number of figures that I just simply never got. Um, you know, obviously ran out of birthdays and, and, you know, money from grandparents and that sort of thing. Mm. But uh, another one that actually comes to mind is I can recall as as a kid I, I desperately wanted the uh, the Empire Strikes Back Snowspeeder, and uh, you know I was quite a, a lucky kid. But for Christmas I was you know expecting to get this Landspeeder because I'd asked a number of times, and uh, I remember opening this package at Christmas which I thought was the Snowspeeder, and instead it was this um, it was actually a model kit of a, of a human skull, and it was quite detailed, and you could actually put these lights in it. Um, and and get it to sort of light up, etc. And you know, at first I was disappointed, but then when I sat down with my father to put this model together, it was actually really cool. And all my friends used to come around and go, "Oh wow, you know that's so cool because it was so lifelike, etc." And you know, I, I love this thing and and still have it today, even though it's missing a tooth. Um, but you know, I, I never actually got that snow speeder, and and I did actually buy the new snow speeder when it came out, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you talk about parents, and my parents actually made me face a decision where I could buy. I, I had a choice between two lines, and it was like about four figures in each line. The the vintage Raiders of Lost Ark figures. Obviously, this was at the time they were on. We were at some kind of. I think it was a closeout store. It was either those. Or the Knickerbocker Lord of the Rings figures. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, which way did you go? <laughs> I went with the Raiders of the Lost Ark figures, which I, I don't regret because, you know, I, I yep, love yep. those. But, um, you know, I, I kind of, oh, you know, if you look back and look what those those Knickerbocker figures, I, I can't even really afford them for anything for what I saw them for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, you know, think back to when I, I used to get a lot of figures, and and these days, obviously, the internet is just such an amazing resource to to know what's actually out there. But really, for me, you know, I don't remember really seeing a lot of the toy commercials on TV. Uh, you know, even though they're available on YouTube and you can go and view them, I don't actually watch any of those old Star Wars toy commercials and go, "Wow, that brings back fond memories," because I simply just don't remember seeing them on TV. And um, you know, it's it's not like I can recall going into sort of the toy department or, or toy stores and they would have these catalogues either. 
Um, you know, I literally used to rely on walking in, seeing the figures and holding them in my hands, or um, particularly with the Star Wars figures, is using the back of the card as a, you know, as a reference for what was out there. And um, much of the, a number of the figures that I actually got as a kid, uh, often, you know, I would, uh, I would either, you know, do some number of chores and, and as a reward I'd come home from school and my mother had actually bought me an action figure and so sometimes I wouldn't even really get a say in, in which one I got. I'd just come home and there'd be an action figure waiting for me. So, um, you know, I, I probably could have pressed a bit harder as to the specific figures that I wanted. Well, you know, I had the... Uh, I, I vaguely remember this, but at the time of the 12-packs, I remember being in a store and I swear they had both vinyl cape and cloth cape Jawas at the same time. Mm, yeah, and, yeah. and I went with the cloth cape going, well, that just looks like a better value. You know, it looks cooler and yeah. uh, that'll, that'll be better in the long run. Yeah. 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 Now, did they actually come out from two different companies? Was one Kenner and one Toll Toys? Or no, no. The... Here in the States, they were all, all yeah. Kenner. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's one of those decisions. You're like, well, wait, why did I? You don't think about rarity when you're a kid, so, and and who, well, who knew then, yeah. you know? Well, that's right. And you know, something else I, I probably wasn't a, a particularly good decision in hindsight was um, I used to keep all the cards from uh, from any action figure that I bought, anything that featured a, a blister card that you could tear off of a, a cardboard backing. Uh, I'd actually keep the cardboard backings and. Uh, you know, in addition to all my Star Wars figures, I still have all the cards that they came with. But pretty much every single fi- you know card that I have has the proof of purchase cut out um, because I took advantage of those those great sort of yeah, mail ways. The, the ones yeah. I have are the same way. <laughs> yes, and the thing is, um, looking back, I, I wasn't particularly delicate when I did it either. Oh no, uh, it's not like. It's not like I just gently sort of stamped out that little circle. Man, I, I took to that thing with some uh, some gardening shears, I think. Well, I can tell you what you were using. You were using those grade school scissors. Yeah, that's probably right. And, and probably you had left-handed ones, you know, because they had them, yeah. you know. Yeah, the ones with the round ends on them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wasn't delicate at all with those. So. Yeah. What about you, Adams? Any Any poor decisions like that? Um, I can't really remember too much of that stuff. I mean, like, <laughs> we got somewhat spoiled as far as toys when we were kids. We'd, you know, do well at birthdays and Christmas, and at Easter we'd get, I think, a little bit less chocolate in exchange for a couple of action figures. Um, but, like, my mum made these um, cloth bags for holding, like, all of those cards and instructions and booklets and whatever that you used to get. Um, and they were basically, you know, it was a cloth bag with a coat hanger type thing that you could hang up in the wardrobe. So we kept a lot of that stuff, but then I'm sure at some point we would have chucked it out. Um, so, cause I don't know where it is these days. I know mum and dad still have all the, like all of our Transformers and He-Mans and a whole bunch of other gear, but I'm not sure what happened to those bags ever. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. on a, on a similar note, I actually had the Shogun Warrior Godzilla, and I know he did not oh, make wow. it through my childhood. And he had the uh, the wheels in his feet. So yeah, and the firing fist and little mm. vinyl flame tongue. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, I, you know, in, in thinking about this particular discussion topic, as we sort of move into uh, some of the, the more traumatising things we, we did to our toys, <laughs> I mean, you know, look, these things were toys, you know, we used to play with them. And I mean, any kid who, you know, didn't stand up action figures in ranks and, and you know, roll marbles at them to see how many they could knock down, you know, I, uh, you know, I wonder what you did with your childhood. But um, that was probably... Uh, I don't know, a little on the tame side for, for some of the things I did, um, you know, with my figures. And I don't mean I, I used to, you know, go for wanton destruction, but um, I think even then I used to do my own customs, uh, which, you know, is, is definitely a regret for today. And one of the first ones I can actually remember doing is, uh, if anybody remembers the, the Luke Skywalker in his uh, X-Wing outfit, his right hand that he he held um, his weapon in, um, the fingers actually came around and they were actually joined to his thumb. Okay. So his, index, his index finger and his thumb joined and it sort of formed a circle and it actually made it quite hard to, to get the gun in and out. And so I can actually remember, you know, taking a, a, an X-Acto knife and actually cutting through that so that I could open his, his grip up, sort of, um, you know, G.I. Joe Kung Fu grip style. Yeah, you know, you know. Now that you say that, I must have done the same thing. Mm. <laughs> yes, that that was one of my earliest surgeries. Yeah. So you weren't, but you weren't like a a firecracker, you know. Tie a no, kid to the no. barbecue. I I just I never understood those kids. I I do actually remember the. The kid that lived over the back from me, he he basically was the guy out of Toy Story. Um, you know, he was probably about four or five years older than me, and I, I still can remember um, they, you know, I, I lived on a, a hill, and so our, our backyard sort of sloped down and away, um, and so they, you know, we could see into their backyard, and they looked uphill into our backyard, and I can still remember... Um, you know, sitting on this this sort of water tank that we had, and he and his friend were basically they they set up this huge kind of diorama in the backyard with with rocks and and you know stuff like that. And I thought it was all very impressive. They had all these Star Wars figures and and other things set up, and it looked really impressive. And no sooner had they finished setting it up that they began lighting firecrackers and throwing them. <laughs> At all the figures, and, and the idea was to see how many you could knock down. And, I mean, this was back in the, the day when you could actually get bungers, the ones that actually exploded. And, you know, they were throwing these bungers, and, and they were sending the, the figures flying in every direction. And it actually wasn't long before they clearly just got they, they just The idea of throwing them to try and hit the figures was just boring. So then they actually went to the next step, which was where you would actually tape uh, a bunger to to the figure or you'd actually put a bunger in the the figure's hand and and light it and and watch it explode <laughs> it would sort of melt and char the hand and then of course you know that wasn't good enough so that they would actually um tape half a dozen bungers to um some poor unsuspecting r2d2 and then hurl it into the air and um you know there was just there was poor, um, you know, astromech droid pieces flying in every direction. And, you know, I just sat there watching these kids just wantonly destroy all these action figures. And I, I couldn't actually comprehend it at the time. It was just not something that that I would actually do. I, I guess, you know, my, my father did it tough growing up and, and he sort of, 
instilled in me this kind of sense of, well, you know, if you break it, um, you know, you're not going to get a replacement, so you have to treat it well because, um, you know, it's the only one you're going to get. So for the wow. most part, I, I treated mine fairly well. Well, better than that. That, 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 that just makes me sad today. <laughs> let's let's take a pause so we can uh, just get ourselves together <laughs> you know i i remember walking to grade school and uh coming across a darth vader and you know seeing it laying beside the, the sidewalk and oh you know there's darth vader i'll, I'll pick it up inside my pocket and getting up to it and somebody had taken uh, a lighter and basically melted the entire face and front of the figure <laughs> right as you do yeah, you know, I, I I couldn't even bring myself to pick it up. You know, I was just like, oh, <laughs> just gonna leave him there and walk away. And <laughs> so, so what about you, Adam? Do you have any, uh, you know, flamethrower, uh, you know, lawnmower? Um, well, you know how you get a lot of the plastic bags of army men. I would regularly melt those, um, bit with a hot air gun or um. <laughs> that was really good because you could make all kinds of weird poses and mash them together and have like three-headed army men and whatever and or just use a magnifying glass and you know how some people burn ants and whatever i'd just burn the army man body parts off and um it'd, right. and it'd leave like a nice authentic you know burn on it um so there was that stuff um well i, I suppose that that whole sort of scene or or um, you know, that concept in story, Toy Story has got to be inspired by something, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, there's numerous other dumb things that we, we would have done. Um, there was the fact that when you're a kid, Blue Tack is magic, fix it for everything. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I regularly had my father glue the odd figure that I sort of overstretched a, a joint or something like that, and it, uh, it gave way. Yeah. I guess one of my regrets, I guess it's not so much a regret, but just something, you know, in hindsight probably wasn't such a clever idea, but um, I used to get a lot of the, the Playmobil pocket people from uh, from my grandmother. And uh, I can remember one year my grandmother sent me this, uh, this pack of about 30 sort of Lumo colour pens, and they were these really early... I mean, for, for the time, they were pretty amazing. They were these fine point colored markers and they would basically write on anything and uh you know i used to i had army men as well and i remember having some british royal marines who were, were camouflaged so they had leaves in their helmets and stuff and because they were just a, a generic green color the the picture on the box had them with sort of an autumn camouflage scheme so i can remember getting out the greens and and browns and basically you know creating camouflage patterns on these army men which i thought was very clever but you know, maybe I was just ahead of my time and, and I could foresee the future, but I can actually remember taking a stormtrooper and just going, this guy would be really cool if he was like a, a stealthy stormtrooper. <laughs> and I basically sat there for hours and coloured this stormtrooper in black. <laughs> wow. So he, was, he was black from head to toe. It was a pretty good effort in hindsight, but uh, I actually don't have that figure anymore. I don't even know what happened to it. Well, now you can buy one, so... Yeah. Mm, that's right. So, yeah, I was clearly a visionary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the word. 
<laughs> well, actually, to to continue on the the visionary, I I, I do. I guess um, you know it was a, a type of custom for the time. But uh, one of the things that used to really annoy me were um, the really hard plastic slings that used to come on some of the weapons. Um, I think it was the the eighty eighty driver, um, amongst others, actually had his his laser blaster actually had this hard plastic sling that used to get in the way of him sort of holding it properly. And so I actually used to trim all those off to make it easier for, mm. for these guys to hold their guns. Mm. So. Huh. Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, the... Okay, so um, maybe the just me then. Yeah. Rebel Commander had one of those guns too. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, probably my, my, my crowning uh, achievement... In, in this was um, I, I came up with clearly what was a, a brilliant idea at the time but I can remember looking at my Star Wars figures and being inspired by the movie I can remember asking my father to actually remove the heads of several of my Star Wars figures um, you know, which he did using a and you know look in, in looking back um, you know, my father probably didn't have the knowledge that we do today about the, the boil and pop methods. So my father took a, an exacto figure and, and very carefully went into the, the rotating neck joint and uh, cut the heads off several of my figures that I asked him to. And then what he did is he very carefully drilled holes in the, the neck and the, the head of these figures and glued wire. Um, these these wire rods in there for me, and it actually allowed me to swap the heads uh, of uh, several of my figures. And so I, I did actually have a Luke Skywalker in a uh, stormtrooper disguise. <laughs> well, he wasn't actually in a stormtrooper disguise because he, you know, didn't have a helmet that would fit. But I did actually have a stormtrooper with a, uh, a Luke Skywalker head on it. Thank you. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Other than the, the you know the the tragic damage that I inflicted on you know what are now uh, collectible action figures, um, yeah, I like to think at the time it was a pretty clever idea. <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen people do that and then roto out the uh, the helmet to make a you know a wearable helmet. Wow! So I really was ahead of my time. Yeah, you were. I, I've actually seen that custom done. Outstanding! Outstanding! I feel a little bit better now. <laughs> Well, see, you don't have trauma. You just have early customizing. That's that's not trauma. Now, <laughs> now Adam, on the other hand, with the army men, that yeah, that, that, that that's that's, that's a psychologist. Yeah. Mm. Well, or the um, yeah. Well, we can keep going if you want. I mean, the number of superpowers figures that had arms broken. Oh, I assume that's down to trying to use their um actual action capability for the most part. Um, you you were a harsh child, apparently. Um, well, my my uh, vintage Megatron broke within the first week of using him because it was such a freaking fiddly thing to transform him for a you know seven or eight year old apparently, with with admittedly okay very poor fine motor control. Um, so he got a broken. Uh, what did he get broken? Legs maybe legs or arms. Um, my superpowers Mantis lost his head. Um, in a different way, somehow my Calabac <laughs> lost his head. I'm not sure how Calabac lost his, but Mantis was from throwing him up in the air as high as I could at school. Um, 
and he came. Now, was that was that to impress the girls, or were you just bored? I'm not sure. I really can't remember. <laughs> Except that he hit the top of the goalpost, like the basketball goalpost, and I couldn't find most of him for a while, and then eventually found the rest of him. I think I found the head, but couldn't find the rest of his body. Um, I lost uh, my first pidge from Voltron down the toilet. <laughs> So here's a here's a real tip to everyone: don't take your action figures in the toilet. It ends in tears. All right. <laughs> right. Quick, John, say something. <laughs> um, uh, what? <laughs> uh, I think we need to move on from that one. Yeah, now, I I do remember breaking a figure and regretting it, and that was my uh, six million dollar man. Um, he was in like a. Where you would look through the back of his head? Yeah, you'd look through the back of his head, and he had, like, changeable arms. Well, he had changeable right arms, because he only had, you know, one bionic arm. Mm. Um, unlike Robocop, where they said, you know, lose both arms. He had $6 million <laughs> man, Steve Austin, he only had one arm. And he was a real hard plastic figure, you know, the G.I. Joe mm. figures, the, the 12 inches are much softer. And, you know, uh, my, my $6 million man hit I, he fell off of something, and we had a cement basement. And I remember his left shoulder hit the ground and just shattered, you know, the left arm. Well, that would have been fine if it had been the right arm, but because it was the left arm, they didn't make replacement left arms. Yeah, of course. And, and I remember as a kid, I, ha- I picked up all the pieces and took scotch tape and <laughs> tried to scotch tape it all back together. Oh, little Inge. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. What, what were you guys like as far as accessories went? Were you, were you the type of kids that were forever losing, you know, Princess Leia's tiny little laser pistol and the assorted missiles from vehicles and things? Well, I think we generally did pretty well in our household. He'd lose heads, but, you know. No, I know where the head. I've still got the heads. It's just they're not attached. Of course. Somewhere in, in Adam's basement, I, I picture a, 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 a mason jar full of action figure heads. <laughs> he, just, he gets a new figure and he takes them out of the package and he goes, here, this is what will happen to you. You know, you better behave. <laughs> Whack it on the desk a couple of times. Eh, it's still there. Okay, that gets displayed. Wow. There's that sort of t- tiny little voice left that still says, you know, you'll go to jail if you do this for real. So stick to action <laughs> I was pretty fortunate. I had a lot of friends who treated their toys quite badly. And, uh, you know, one friend I had, he, he was the kind of guy that would, you know, if you if you said to him, hey, you know, uh, I wonder what would happen to an action figure if it got ran over, you know, run over by a car. He was the guy that would, you know, immediately be off and, and putting, you know, poor old Lando Calrissian out on the highway to see what would happen when a car ran it over. And um, therefore, you know, I, I don't remember him ever having any action figure accessories of any kind he would lose them all (laughs) so fortunately i learned from others and uh my father actually bought me a a small i guess a fishing lure box um that you would also put sinkers and things like that in and and i still have that today and, and i used to actually keep all of my weapons and things in this little case and so when I played with my Star Wars figures, I'd go and get the little case and open it up and find the respective weapon for whoever it was. And when I was finished, they would all go safely back in the little box. So, yeah, I was actually, um, yeah, treated them pretty well in that sense. I don't have all of them, but 
like later on, um, I started using a uh, oh Whitman sampler box, kind of the same way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, don't, that, I wouldn't that, say I had a hundred percent of them, but I'd have most of them. That yellow, you know, box with the chocolates in it. That, you know, you lift yeah. the lid and have the picture on it. Yeah, yeah, good idea. So, I mean, it's really not that far from what we do today. I mean, you can still get those kind of boxes and yeah, use that sort of thing. I know uh, Justin's from General Justin from General Joe's. Um, he actually gets one of those with cases with the little drawers in it, and he stores figures. Yeah. He actually uses it to store his figures in. He'll actually put a figure in a drawer, and each drawer has a different figure and okay. you know their accessories, yeah, which which is kind of cool. Hey. Way too organized All for right. me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, very good. All right. Well, that was an interesting little flashback to uh, to our childhood, and uh, other than some of Adam's uh, you know, rather violent outbursts <laughs> through action figure torture, it uh, wasn't too traumatic. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna call this the uh, show where Adam scares everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us on that journey. And, uh, well, that wraps up our discussion topic. And we'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up. The Incredible Hulk meets Spider-Man. Each figure a foot tall and fully posable. All you need is a piece of string and here comes Spider-Man. Avalanche! This is a job for the Hulk. Good job, handsome. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man from the Superhero Collection, each sold separately by Mego. Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And John, you've got our bit of feedback tonight. Yep. Um, Eddie3429 said it was so weird having you guys say my name. I mean, my username so many times in a row during the name that section. Cheers for the love, guys. Well, Eddie3429, we just, you know, we love to, uh, you know, praise people when they get things right. And you made a guess and you got it right. So good for you, Eddie3429. That's right. And who would have thought on the AFB forum we would have so many Eddies that poor Eddie would have to call himself Eddie3429? Yeah. It's a pity. It's, a, yeah. it's unfortunate I took Eddie's three, four, two, eight, and downwards, but no. <laughs> and you're holding him to ransom on that user. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> they should let us know. Or they're chained up in Adam's basement. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for a hot day, and you can get out the magnifying glass. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, thank you for joining me tonight, gentlemen. It's been uh, another entertaining episode. Yeah, it's been fun. Pleasure as always. Excellent. All right, well, we shall wrap it up and say goodbye. Bye. 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 Do with your toys. Not with your... Self. Magnifying glass. In the toilet. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. With Colonel Mustard. (laughs) Something about pets and neutering. Oh, no, if I do the play with your toys, I don't do that one. (laughs) <laughs> Play. yeah I'll leave it alright <laughs> but I got
The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are John and Adam. And this episode is brought to you by Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toy of the week is SH Figure Arts Perfect Cell, and our discussion topic is Terrible Toyhood Trauma. Yeah, I don't do well when I don't do the end, do I? <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Maybe Scott can edit out the 12-second pause. <laughs> Alrighty. We'll leave it up to him. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. If I just have a coughing fit, bear with me. <clears throat> I'm at that point with my cold where like the nose has stopped running and my throat's much better, but I just do that throaty cough every now and then. Ugh. Yeah, lovely. It's okay. I sneezed on the podcast last week. <laughs> well, that's not too bad because, you know, that can be caused by any number of things. That's why my computer got a virus, was it? Yeah, it's like I'm allergic to hippies and, you know, I just sneeze when they're around. <laughs> it's all that patchouli. That's it. <laughs> Get a job. Okay. Underoos. Underoos. We never got underoos in Australia. What? Uh, Not to my knowledge. Civilised people, you know. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Even with the relaunch a few years ago, we didn't get them. Well, again, to my knowledge, I didn't exactly peruse the children's section in clothing stores. There was a relaunch? Mm, Yeah, I was going to say, I hadn't hadn't heard of this. Yeah, the company... um, a few years ago, sort of started up again and started doing stuff. I would guarantee that Scotty had a <laughs> Aquaman underoos. Exactly. Yeah, Aquaman boxer shorts. So only like more like Aquaman speedos, wouldn't it? Okay. I don't there, think I need to think yeah, about that. There's an image. We didn't want to go down that path. Okay, I, I apologise. All right, clear your minds. Clear your minds.
podcast was brought to you by the Big Top Network.